0: Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. We have a huge team down in Morongoro, Tanzania, right now. And, and they are soon starting the last service. Uh, and a lot of miracles have been taking place. A lot, a lot of miracle. Uh, last, was it just two days ago, um, the new festival equipment arrived. For you that know our story know that we've been having a, a, a portable festival equipment for 10 years and last year when it was on the border on the truck on the border from Rwanda to, to Tanzania uh, it was in an accident and all the equipment went, light, went, went up in flames. So, so we've been now raising money, praying to God and we received a new equipment for, for 15 million Swedish crowns, some 1.6 million US dollar and it arrived, they put it up, so it was up for the first time yesterday, so let's, let's just watch this clip and, and see our new huge stage, look at it, the new miracle, the new stage where we can preach to so many more people. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Just less than one year after that one was burning up, we have a new equipment. Uh, Okay, if you want more report, just stay tuned on our Instagram account and you'll get more updates from, from the mission trip. And if you haven't joined, join us next year on one of our mission trips because it's it's amazing, it's, it's very, it's really, really amazing. Alright, I'm going to start with, with one more clip, a lot of film clips today. I, I have a clip of my wife, uh, can we play that one as well? Receiving the key to our new house three years ago. You know, there is, a fee- there is such a feeling. We, we, were, we were able to buy a, a new house and we were there several times when they were building it. We wanted to go in and check but we were not allowed to go in uh, we were sneaking in a couple of times but now we have finally received the keys so we could put the keys in the lock. We could open the door. We could walk in and we know all of this is ours. This is our home. We can do whatever we want in here we can do whatever we want with the house it's ours we've been renting for a long time before but now we own our own house it's a special feeling we went in with the keys and no this is ours when 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 you receive a key a key speaks about something key speaks about trust when you give the key to someone you trust that someone because they will have access to everything you own key speaks about ownership. You might be the owner or you're, you're someone that are trusted with something that someone else owns. It also speaks about authority because you have the authority to open, you have the authority to close the door. You, you can protect what you have with a key. If you lock the door, someone that shouldn't have access cannot come in. And if you open, you can give access to someone that you want, to have, want should have access keys gives you authority okay my name is christopher and i'm one of the pastors here in the church and i am so eager to preach to you i've been in a in a, met- a message series for three weeks now speaking about all powers of hell will not conquer it i'm i've been speaking about the church and i'm going to continue with that today and we're going to speak about keys let, let me see how many in here have keys somewhere to a church, to a car, to to a house. Yes, a lot of people last service was just half of the people so they were not so trustworthy but here we have some faithful people that have keys. Where you have keys you have trust. Where you have keys you have trust. Maybe you don't own it but you're trusted where you have keys and a deep truth this morning is that if you have a key you can lock up Uh, you can open it you can walk in and you have access to everything in the in the place deep deep truth and that is what we will speak about today okay let's go to to Matthew 16 and verse 13 and and we will speak about uh, I will read this text that I've been reading a couple of times now but you'll see some new truths in it It's written that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And this question is the most important question you can ever answer. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? It's the most important question you can ever answer. And and, and I don't just speak about salvation. Because when you get saved, you confess Him as your Lord and Savior. But you should also confess daily or weekly who He is for you. That He is your provider that he is your healer, that he is your peace, that he is your helper, whatever he is for you, whatever the word of God says that he is for you, to continuously confess that because then he can act on it and he can do miracles for you. Okay Peter, Simon Peter was answering this and he said you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and we've been speaking about this that Messiah means the anointed one, and everyone in the Old te- uh, everyone that has been studying the Old Testament, know that the Messiah was the one that was going to come to save the Israelites and rescue them and save them from their sins. Okay? So now Peter confessed that open, You're the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you you did not learn this from any human being, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means small stone or piece of a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, so Jesus was going to build his church upon the rock, and the rock is the confession of Peter, who Jesus is, so we can really say that Jesus is the foundation of the church or that Jesus is the word of God. We know we were speaking about this last week and upon the word of God we're building the church or Jesus is building his church upon the word of God. Are you with me? Okay and um, church let me have a test. I mean I'm, I'm, I'm the director of our Bible school and let me have a test on your Greek how many remember the Greek word for church is it someone that was here last week that remember it? Mm. Ekklesia, Ecclesia. does someone remember what it means more literally Let's go out almost called out from or the called out once. So it speaks about let's go out. We, We can say let's go out, let's go out. The called out ones, it's one of those walking out. What are we walking out of? Let's go out. We go out of darkness, we go out of sin, we go out of the world, and Jesus is building a new people. He's building his church, his ecclesia. So, church has nothing to do with the building, it has everything to do with people coming together. People that are saying, Let's go, and they go out and they're coming together. Isn't that right? So when people come together, that is church, if we come together in the name of Jesus. So you can have a church in your home, you can have a church in your car, you can have a church on on your working place. Wherever we meet in the name of Jesus, we have a church. And now now Jesus continues here, and, and he says in verse 19 that, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven or in another translation says whatever you bind uh, bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven and uh, this language of of binding and losing is not every something we use every day not not me at least but uh, among the jewish people they were very familiar with this because it was something that the teachers of the law was constantly doing okay so if you've been studying the bible you know that we have the old testament and the new testament and in the old testament it's packed of laws there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of laws that tells you you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to do this and, and, and some of these laws, when you broke a law or if something happened to you, it, uh, you could be unclean or a place could be unclean. For example, if someone died or if an animal died in your house, your house was unclean. Okay, so, so when, when you study this, you, you can see if an animal died in your house, the house is now unclean for a while and you have to go out, if the animal died right outside your house uh, your house was clean and there was no problem because it died outside sometimes you could end up in gray areas for example if your dog died just when it was entering the house so half the dog was inside half was outside what should you, you know, what rules should you follow then? is it unclean or, or clean? then the, the the law the the religious leaders they had the authority to decide and it was called cool that they could bind you by the law they couldn't bind and say now this house is unclean or they could lose you from the law and say it's fine your house is not unclean so the the the, the, the religious leaders had authority to bind you or lose you from the law and they decided if if it was coming you know if, if it was falling with the uh, nose in the house it was uh, the house was unclean but if, if it was falling in the other direction with the no- nose outside it was not unclean you know so they on top of all these hundreds of laws they were adding now a lot of other laws that could interpret the gray areas okay so this was now a common language in the, in, in those days and Jesus gave this authority to the apostles they were going to write the new testament and they were going to interpret the law and the prophets they were going to explain things from the old testament and write the bible the new testament that we have today and upon which the church are being built so they received a lot of authority Jesus had been doing this for the disciples. Some of you that have been reading the Bible know that one time, I think it's Matthew 12, they were the disciples were out walking with Jesus and they picked some grains and were eating it. And the religious leaders were so upset with him because it was Sabbath. But Jesus said, I am Lord uh, also over the Sabbath. And he released them from the law. So they were not bound to that law, but they were free from that law. And, and Jesus was constantly doing this releasing and he was establishing a new law or a new way of ruling. Okay, so, so now, now we understand that the, that the disciples get the authority to write the Bible. But they also get their keys. Uh, Jesus said that I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And if you, if you re, uh, look on different pictures in church history, you can often see Peter with a key in the hand and I know that the keys was not just given to Peter it was given to the church the church got the mandate to lose or release the kingdom of heaven and bind different things but we will see when we study the book of Acts that Peter was often the the first one releasing something the first one walking into something opening something up Uh, in Acts chapter 2 we can see how he's the first one preaching for the Jewish people so that they can receive salvation he's locking up the door for the Jews in chapter 10 he's coming to the Gentiles those that are not from Israel and he's preaching to the people that they thought was unclean and not allowed to come into the kingdom of God and Peter was unlocking it and he had a special special role in this and we're going to study that okay uh, but it's something special that, that they should they have received the keys to and that is the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven how is the kingdom of heaven like we can read about that in in the book of revelations and it says that in the, in heaven it will be no more sorrow no more pain no more death no more anxiety no more tears the old order will be gone and a new order will be established and when jesus is speaking to his disciples and and, and telling them how to pray he says this uh, this is how you should pray oh father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so jesus is instructing his disciples you should pray that the will of the father should happen on on earth as it does in heaven with other words establishing the kingdom of of heaven on earth that is the that is how Jesus says that we should pray okay when did the disciples receive the keys I believe that they received it on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1 they are gathering together and they are praying and now the Holy Spirit is coming upon the people and they are being baptized in the Holy Spirit and they receive new authority they start to speak in new tongues and and go out with new boldness preaching the gospel and now Peter is unlocking the kingdom of heaven when he was together with the 12 disciples and Peter stood up and he was preaching the gospel so we go to acts 2 and 22 are you with me are you awake wonderful then peter says fellow israelites listen to this jesus of nazareth was a man accredited by god to you by miracles wonders and signs which god did among you through him as you yourself know this man was handed over to you By God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was not possible, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So, this is now the gospel that Peter is preaching that Jesus. He was a miracle man. Really, three points. He was doing miracles that you all know. You have seen his miracles. And he's saying that Jesus was handed over and crucified. He died on that cross. He took all of our sins and and sicknesses up on that cross. And he died on that cross. And then he was laid in a grave, but God raised him from the dead because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. That is the gospel. Jesus, the miracle man, uh, Jesus dying on the cross, Jesus, Jesus being raised from the dead. And when he'd been presenting now the gospel with the authority from God, with the keys given, for, given from heaven, he was opening up the kingdom of heaven. He made it possible for people to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they respond here in verse 30, 36 that, therefore, Let all Israel be assured of this, Peter says. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit okay so so Peter have now been opening up the door he's been opening up the gate he's been unlocking the kingdom of heaven by preaching this gospel message and the people are cut to the heart they feel it in here and they're wondering how can we enter in and 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 he he, uh, he answers that you have to repent what does repent means it means that you turn around you are walking this direction now you turn around and you walk this direction you have to turn from your old life and you have to be baptized in water so if you haven't been baptized in water yet i want to encourage you to be baptized in water and it's often a fight around the baptism of water i remember once i I, I was home praying and I just saw how we were baptizing some people. And, and then I came to, uh, came to a group and I was challenging them to get baptized in water. And there was one guy that, that, that told me, he was opening up and told me about his life. He told about, about how everything he'd been going through. He'd been telling me how he was going buying prostitutes. He was telling me how he'd been living in criminal, very, very dark life. And, and he'd been Christian now for a while, but, but he hadn't got baptized. And, and I was explaining and teaching about the baptism in water, how you bury an old life. And, 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 and you leave it down there, and you're standing up to a new life. And it's just not just a symbol, it's something spiritual happening. Okay, and then we were baptizing him, and when we stepped down to the, to the water together, he said that he could see the darkness the darkness above him, all the darkness he'd been in and we baptized him and he came up and he could he could just see how the darkness disappeared and how it was light around him instead and God released him from that old life, it was buried, it was no more and he was now living a new life with Jesus, What what was that? I was helping someone, I was explaining for someone, I was unlocking with a key uh, for someone to enter the kingdom of heaven so I just want to challenge you if you're not yet baptized in water come to speak uh, come and speak with me after the service and I will explain more okay but it's, it's kind of uncomfortable you could say okay I have to turn from my old life I have to be baptized how can it be so uncomfortable to be saved you know it's it feels like it's not for everyone no if we continue to read it's written that those who accepted his message were baptized and about three thousand were added to their number that day so it was not for everyone not everyone accepted it everyone heard it but not everyone received it you have to receive the message someone can open a door someone can unlock a door for you but you need to take you know you need to open it up and walk in No one else can do it for you. It was people hearing Peter preaching that day that have been seeing the miracles Jesus did. that have been hearing about how he was raised from the dead but they were too proud to repent. They were too proud to come into the kingdom of God because they felt I have so much to lose on this. I think it was a lot of Pharisees and a lot of religious people that didn't enter because they were holding on to the old life and they didn't want to turn you know when you enter a kingdom of God it's like it's a door and you expect it to be a big door but it's kind of a, a a small door and it's unlocked so so you know you can open it and walk in but it's almost like you have to bow down a little bit to enter it you you can almost feel it's almost like a kid's door you bow down and you enter it and you feel like this is almost a door for 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 a child and that is exactly how Jesus have made it Jesus says in in Matthew 18 and 3 that truly I tell you unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven so you cannot walk proudly into the kingdom of God you have to humble yourself almost like like a small kid's door and then you can bow down and you can come into the kingdom of God and you can meet with Jesus amen There is a door standing open and it's opening when Peter was preaching the gospel. Okay, Uh, but it's written about keys, not just one key. Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So you can enter, you can walk into the kingdom of heaven, you can belong to God, you can have your sins forgiven, everlasting life on your inside but in this big house it's a lot of different doors and you have a key where it's written healing and you have a key where it's written deliverance and you have a key where it's written restored relationships and you have a key where it's written provision and you have a key where it is written peace and so on and so on you have a lot of keys it's now a big house and you are a son and a daughter in the kingdom of god everything belongs to you but you need to take this key and you can walk into new rooms and you can experience new things from god and this this is what is happening just a couple of days after it's written here in 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 acts three and two that when, when John and Peter was walking up to the temple for a, for, for a time of prayer as they were walking up there it's written that now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those who was going into the temple courts when he saw Peter and John about to enter he asked them for money but Peter looked straight at him as did John then Peter said then Peter said look at us so the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them then Peter said silver or gold I do not have but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk what are people uh, what is people uh, Peter doing here he's taking the key he's taking the authority he's unlocking something he's not even praying he's just proclaiming he's speaking out in the name of Jesus walk he's locking up the door for a healing but he doesn't just lock it up in the next verse is written that taking him by the right hand and helping him up what is Peter doing he's opening up the door he's kicking in the door and he's walking in and helping this guy to receive it and then it's written and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped up to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called beautiful. And they were, fi- they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him so everyone was astonished of the power of God what have just been taking place Peter took up the second key and he was opening up for a man to receive his healing you have received keys God have given you keys. When you get saved, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you enter the kingdom of God, you receive these keys. These keys is not just for Peter. It is for you and me. God have given you many keys, but you have to take them up you have to use it when you explain the gospel for someone you open up a door for them to enter the kingdom of God you cannot drag them in you cannot force them in but you can open a door so they can bow down less like a kid and they can walk in in humility and receive salvation you can teach someone about the baptism in water how they can bury their old life and step into a new life together with Jesus you can proclaim a healing say in the name of Jesus Jesus I release you from this sickness because you have received keys God have given you authority you are I mean you are family with God you can step into the kingdom of heaven you can release it because it belongs to you God have given it to you God have given you keys to his own house that speaks about trustment he's trusting you, he's entrusting you with everything he has. You can open up the door and everything in God's big house, it belongs to you and he just waits for you to use it. So many times in the Bible we can see Jesus telling the disciples, ask whatever you want and you will have it. Whatever two or three are coming together, asking and praying, they will receive it. Jesus is almost like repeating himself over and over and over again because he's getting tired of them not asking pray ask God for miracles he is longing he is opening up the I mean he would be giving you the keys why would he give you the keys if you don't if he don't want you to enter and take out the food take out the miracles that he have been buying by sending Jesus to die instead of you Who can be against you if God is for you? Who can accuse you if God is setting you free? Who can come up against you when God is protecting you? God is on your side. God is providing for you. Yes, come on. In Luke 12 and 32, Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom, God is giving it to you, don't hesitate, it's yours, he's giving you the kingdom, okay I just want to give you five quick pictures that is frequently used in the new testament about the church of God and the first one is, okay it's it's in swedish here but it's the family of God, the people of God or the family of God, when you when when you become part when, when you get saved you enter God's own family he is your daddy he he's opening up the refrigerator I mean he's opening up whatever you want to just walk in take it it belongs to you Galatians 4 and 7 says so you're no longer a slave but God's child and since you're his child God has made you also and here. So you are inheriting everything together with Jesus. It belongs to you. The other picture is this. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus is the king of kings, the New Testament says. He's the king of kings. He's your king, right? And, and who, is, who is all of these kings? It's you and me. You are a king in his kingdom you're governing, you're ruling, you've been entrusted with different things, you are a king in his kingdom and he is above you, he's serving over you, he's the king of kings, it's written in revelations that one day when we step into heaven he's going to reward you and give you a crown but we will all fall down on our knees and we will lay our crowns before him and just say all glory belongs to you, he is the king of kings And the kingdom of God belongs to you. You can rule in the kingdom of God together with Christ. And then we have the temple of God. And I mean this this is not a Christian temple because we don't really have any Christian temple. But this is at least a temple. Taj Mahal. It's written like this in 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple you and me are the temple of God whoever destroys you God will destroy because you are his own temple where his presence dwells why why are God building a family why why does God want us to come together because his presence will rest where we are together in the old testament he was built they were building a temple for God for God's presence to be there now God says that we are his temple we are all coming together so God's presence can be in that place where we are gathering and then we have this uh the bride of Christ the bride of Christ and and when you understand this picture you know why Jesus is constantly saying ask whatever you want and it will be given to you because everyone that is just about to get married end up in the same situation whatever the bride wants I mean in the end you are giving it to them please can I I I mean I, I really like this dress and you all know it's too expensive but give it two more months and you will have bought that dress And then she, oh I want this, and and, I mean she will have whatever she asks for. You will do all kind of things just to give it to her because it's your bride. That is what Jesus is saying. Ask whatever you want and I will give it to you because you're my bride. And and God is protecting, I mean no one dares to attack a bride or someone's wife. I mean they have protection. If someone is attacking you, Jesus is like that big husband protecting, you know, coming against them. He is providing for you. He is caring for you. He is is coming up against anyone that is attacking you. If someone is breaking in at night, you know, I mean, no husband would send down his wife. Oh, honey, I don't know what's happening. Someone is in Can you please go down and just check what's gone? I mean, what husband would do that? No one, no one would do it. He would go down, even if he is afraid, he would go down because he can't. I mean, he cannot do it. Jesus is coming up, defending you, speaking on your behalf. Jesus is, is the husband. He's the one taking care of you. Amen. And even even the, the you know, when you are around guys someone always, oh yeah, no, I decide in my home, I'm the boss in my home, and then the wife is calling, and I'm like, hello honey, yeah, oh yeah, 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 I can do it, yeah, 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 and, and everyone knows, he doesn't decide anything at home, she's the boss, I mean, she, whatever she wishes, he will do, okay you are the bride of Christ and then he speaks about the body of Christ we all are one body we belong together the spirit of God is living inside of us and we need each other we are different and that is good we are different parts in his body okay right now i've been trying to explain the gospel i've been trying to open up the kingdom of heaven jesus is on your side in life jesus loves you so much jesus when he came he was performing his signs miracles and wonders he died on that cross to buy your freedom from sins he was laid in the grave but the death couldn't hold him so he rose again from on the third day and he is alive today and whatever we are getting in his name he is in the midst of us so can we stand up together and I'm going to to end this service as we always do with a salvation invitation if there is someone here that haven't received Jesus as the Lord and Savior yet there is a door standing open but it's a little bit uncomfortable it's kind of like like you have to bow down almost like like a kid to be able to walk into that door Because you have to say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Jesus, I repent. Jesus, I'm turning from my old life. And I'm turning to you because I want to give you my life. If that is you, if you haven't taken that decision yet, today is your day. And I'm going to invite you when when I'm counting to three to just wave to me. you You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.